What's up, Corey? I was just going to say, speaking of hubs, I have one of yours Yeah, in my hand right now. Mm-hmm. It's it is, got some pink Sharpie on it. It's got some pink Sharpie all over it. It does. And you used imperial and metric measurements well, on so, one part. So <laughs> when I when you go through to ARP's website yeah. and look up the part number for the studs that I use, they say use this drill bit if you have to drill your hubs. Yeah. And, and it's, it's imperial. A, it's thir- what, what is it? 37 64 35 64 Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so the, I got a, speaking of spares and changing hubs at the track, um, I bought the last two hubs that rock auto had, they, I think they got more sense, but I, I, I now have several spare hubs and they're all where the, the middle part of the hub where like your wheel centers, it necks up towards like the flange mounting face to a larger diameter thing. Yeah, essentially like where a hub centric ring would slide yeah. onto the hub instead of say, staying the same diameter, the hub like steps out a like smidge a like millimeter it, or two. like its own hub centric ring except that that's bad. The wrong diameter yeah. for so what you need. I'm taking all of my my aftermarket hubs to the machine shop uh this week and they're going to I'm going to have them turn that down on a lathe and the 54.1 uh, millimeters apparently yep is that the size of the the major the the major part of that shaft there or like is the whole thing gonna have to be turned down or just no just that part just that part 54.1 which is why it's highlighted yeah is the is the factory diameter it is weird that it has that slight step up in it i don't understand why it's very strange do you think that's like just a difference in manufacturing the hub or is that um is that, do you think, how they, that, that's not how they all came, is it? N- not from, at least the OEM hubs did not. Um, I'm not sure why these aftermarket ones do. Hopefully it's not a structural thing, but I guess we'll find out. Question about the stud holes. D- um, did you have to drill out your stock hubs for no. the ARP studs? the aftermarket hubs use Also have different size stud holes. Stud holes. The studs are correct. Like, it's the right thread pitch. For so, the, oh, so for they the can't... Okay, actually, I can see the spline yeah. imprint. So they came with studs preloaded. Correct. That were the right thread. Yep. But they're the wrong inner diameter to just direct yeah. swap. You can't use ARPs. OEM hardware. Gotcha. That's so weird. Yep, stupid. Yeah, and just for if anybody with a Honda Fit happens to be watching this, same thing. Really? Uh, yeah, so a lot of the, about half and half of the hubs do it. Because from what I understand, there's some that perfectly mirror the Hondas. So if you're listening to this, WGB brand, 100% buy it. I think that's what that is. Yeah, I think it's SKP 464 is the part number for GD3 fits. They use the correct knurling, but um, some of the other ones, they, they use the knurling off of like GM, from what I understand. It's like they use like GM uh or what they usually use for gm parts sure sure but yeah 100 percent. like a cost cutting thing because if they're going to include the studs they want cheaper more available studs right exactly and that's what i figure too like you know you get the thread and everything right and like well who the heck is going to swap out their studs on an aftermarket thing if it comes with brand new ones more importantly yeah. the lugs are practically as expensive as the hub like, idiots like us people who race <laughs> yeah see and i was on that boat too until two of my lugs just casually snapped at new jersey that was fun yeah Her- tell us about that oh yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> number one Make sure to check your lug nut torque before you go out before every session. Yes, don't do it hot. Do it cold. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, especially bring, that. Bring the car off, let it cool down, check it right before you go back out. Yep. So, which also happened to me at some point. I, I did it when it was hot and it blew up. Anyways, the, uh, yeah, New Jersey, um, apparently what happened. So normally what, where I got complacent, number one, the mistake I made is that usually after two or three sessions, if I see the same lug nut torque, right, I just start assuming that it's fine from there on out like this wheel's not like especially with you know uh lug centric wheels the wheel's not shifting anymore you don't really have to worry about it so much if you got it right you got it right 
I'm like, all right, cool. And that worked for me for exactly three and a half years. <laughs> and then I show up in New Jersey and apparently one of my lug nuts had even popped off in the first session of uh, Saturday morning because they sent out, apparently they announced it over the intercom, but they didn't send a text that there was a lug and a nut sitting at the, at the entrance of pit lane. And I did not hear it in the slightest and nor did I check right before the session. So, oh, so the, you were already missing a stud. Yep. And what ended up happening? For like all of Saturday? For all, for apparently Sunday morning is when it happened. Oh, okay. Like the first session on, or sorry, first session on Saturday is when I lost, Saturday being day two of the event. I lost, uh, oh no, wait, shoot, I'm sorry. That's day it's one. Sunday, yeah. yeah Sunday's day two. So Sunday morning, uh, apparently lost one lug, didn't notice. And then I went out for the second session that day and uh, was going around, it was after the hairpin at, at NJMP, uh, was going around a fast right-hander. And I just felt a pop through the steering wheel and I heard it. And I was like, huh, that's weird. And then I started going through the S's at the end there. I started like really forcing the wheel to like see, hey, what, what is it something actually I should come in for? Took a wide line through the S's, shoved the wheel and felt a vibration as soon as I turned the wheel right. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Into the pit lane we go. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyways, I lost two of my lugs. Still made it back to the pit lane. Um, make sure to do ARP studs if you're nearing on 30 or 40 track days on them. Uh, or at the very least, put brand new OEM ones on. Yeah, yeah. that's world story. Yeah. ARP is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. tend to be, though. Curiously, uh, some guys in the ND community have been having really bad luck lately with ARP. Interesting. I, if I if I have my story right, I may have to go back and look again. But, but also, they're not invincible. Like they still are technically wear items. Sure. sure. Yeah, and I think some of it was that uh, people were saying, you, you know, you're supposed to press them in to the hubs and not pull them in with a lug nut because I guess it the tension on the threads can stretch the material and, and weaken it. I suppose uh, if it's like a really tight tolerance for the knurling or something. It's, again, it's one of those like, it's a best practice. Does everyone do it? No. But is there more chance that it might break from that potentially? And then secondarily, there was just like a bad run of them or something, the, the specific one that the ND uses. And so guys were like, basically having stud failures as frequently as OEM That's studs would fail the guys that track great. a whole lot. And again, this is mostly guys on 245s and tons of lateral grip and, and load on items like the studs and whatnot but i've been using my stock i'm assuming oem ones that came on the car because i bought it with forty-eight thousand miles and i haven't changed the studs out and they've been fine um but i also don't use an impact that's the other thing a lot of people say I, i'll use an impact to take them off but I, I always run them down very gently with my tiny impact and then uh, finish torquing everything by hand so try not to overload the studs the other thing too to keep in mind so like obviously in my case you know the lug popped off like one at a time and more importantly i was able to go on a track and not die despite already losing one lug some people aren't quite as lucky always uh, a win yeah i was gonna say confirmed honda fit only needs three lug nuts for the wheel yeah right oh, which, what, i mean I, that's how i drove it only needs bit. two to get from turn 12 back to your pit space apparently yeah like to go historically speaking if someone wants a real world example i know what was it i think it was last year if i remember right matt williams who's like the undisputed goat of sunday cup for all eternity now he uh What's it called? Going around Gingerman turn 11, uh, the final corner, like all four of his slugs just sheared at the exact same time. Wheels went straight into the fender on a, again on his GD3 fit. But and I think he said he had something I want to say he had something close to like 60 or 70 track days on him is what he was tracking. Um, it, it was some like really high number, much higher than what I had of the 40 ish track days that I had on mine. Um, so, yeah. That, so bear in mind, like, yeah, there's a chance you'll have 
you'll get lucky and that sort of thing. But you know, if you have lugs that are easily swappable, hundred percent recommended. And on the fit, uh, even if it involves using an angle grinder flap disc to cut yourself a channel to knock it out. Yeah, hundred percent do it. Yeah, that's the other thing is some uh, knuckles aren't designed to. They don't have like a fancy notch to allow you to clock it to the right place and then just knock the stud out. You actually have to like grind a small affordance in the fit. I I'm know pretty, it's one of those. I'm pretty sure on the Corolla to install the extended ARPs, I have to do it while the hub is out. I can't do it with it in the knuckle. Yeah, without an angle grinder. I guess. <laughs> so that's not good. since we're on the subject of the Willwoods. I got Willwoods. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about those real quick? I can. Uh, I mean, I, I'm very interested. I got, this has to do with the hubs and, and yeah, all of that. Uh, fastbreaks.com makes a kit for uh, first-gen MR2s, and apparently they, they do actually have a listing for the FX. Or I the just, FX. I didn't notice that they had a separate listing because the only difference is the length of the, the brake lines, which doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, it's Willwood, Dynalite, four-piston calipers, um, and Mini Cooper 11-inch brake rotors. Which um, is pretty cool. Actually, a question I had about that. Have you had a chance to test out the brake? Oh, no, because it's still off the car on your driver's side, Correct. Right? Oh, okay, so you haven't even had a chance yeah, to check the brake fuel yet. waiting on the hub to get machined, yeah. I guess. And yeah. then you can put the knuckle back together and put the brakes on the driver's side. also holding one of the calipers. <laughs> he is, yeah. Corey is over here just pouring over it yeah. with his eyeballs. It's cool. It's a cool little thing. It is It is neat. The, else wants to. On, on the, the brake uh, hydraulics and brake bias calculators I've run, uh, the chain should not be massive uh, because of the way that sliding piston calipers versus opposed piston calipers are like how they apply the force there. There's a different like multiplication factor there. Um, so even though there's more piston area in these four piston calipers, the actual like force, the way that the hydraulics work shouldn't affect pedal feel much. So gotcha. you, you shouldn't have to go to a different, uh, like master master cylinder cylinder hopefully yeah yeah right yeah so and of and for those of you who aren't aware um when you change your brake calipers and this is pretty popular for like the for the integra type r swaps that people do on fits if you change your the surface area of the piston within within your brake caliper if you put on bigger brakes you generally need a bigger master cylinder as well unless you do what jordan did and you check your math ahead of time it's worth checking regardless of what brake uh brake upgrade you're doing but make sure yeah. to do that just because it fits physically doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be matched to the other components yeah. of the system. And if if you go if you do if you make a huge leap in in front brakes, it might actually be easier to just delete your brake booster and just run your master cylinder with no assistance and then that'll give you your pedal feel back. Well, well you do get the pedal feel back, but even still it requires the same amount of travel, right? Cuz that's the big is that not the bigger thing? True. That I you're yeah, you're right. Yeah, so like you do get the pedal feel cuz that's like my biggest gripe with like possibly doing a home brake booster delete on my car and I want to do it um because like the brake booster is garbage on fits um at least on mine. And yeah, the cuz like the big the bigger thing again for people who don't know is like if you the smaller your master cylinder is you still have to physically push that fluid and it's and while it's easier to push that fluid you have to push the pedal a lot more and that's what we're talking about with the pedal feel but yeah yeah so and to go back to sunday cup uh it requires oem like if you have a honda you have to run some kind of honda oem brakes in the front doesn't have to be from your model so a lot of guys will run like the integra type r brakes or nsx brakes um but it does have to be from your same make. Gotcha. Right, exactly. Um, so and you couldn't just put like SC300 
calipers like theoretically you yeah. could if yeah. you wanted like four I could do pistons. the Celica the Celica conversion that I've talked about before if yeah. I if I wanted to. But this was like a great plug and play. And because you're not really trying to meet rules for any classes. That and my honestly the biggest thing with them is serviceability. You can get spares for Willwood parts all day long and they're dirt cheap. Like real like I bought I bought a a set of a whole set of seals, uh new bleeder valves and new retaining pins and I spent thirty dollars. Yeah, that's what's up. Nice. What uh do you, do you uh do you have to get pads from a wood? No, uh it's a it's a it's a seven one one two I think pad shape. Uh, I, I which which okay. is used between several different models of Willwood calipers, yeah, but yeah, other yeah. people make pads yeah, for so that application. It, and same same story with the Willwoods on my cars. It's a seventy eight twelve, I think, for the for the Dyna Pro right. that I have. And so you can just go to like Porterfield, Porterfield Hawk, or Hawk or, or whoever. I'm running. Just... I'll be running DTC sixties. Yeah, okay. Yeah. On these. Oh, have you run DTC sixties before? I have not. I have. Uh, they're dusty. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm they told do. they're they're similar in feel to the Porterfields that I've been running in yeah. terms of how they react. Because you were on the R4 stuff. as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, that's exactly the same uh, switch that I made was from the R4 to the DTC60s. Yeah, I, I I like the DT70s on mine a lot. The DTC60s were kind of iffy on the fit in the fronts. They like the way they bite, like dust and stuff and corrosion aside, because those those things will eat your wheels. Um, the the bite factor they. The the 60s I had a really hard time modulating compared to the 70s, surprisingly. The 70s I thought would be less possible to modulate, and I just bought a cheap pair off of Kevin. Is it a higher heat range on the 70s? Correct. Yeah, that yeah, and, and that's exactly what happens. Like as you go up, you start going up steps in heat range. So I'm wondering if like the op if I'm actually like exceeding the optimal temperature for the 60s. Like maybe. yeah, or or maybe like or maybe this I'm away from the optimal temperature for the 70s. That's what makes it more mo- modular, I guess. But yeah, the I'm, I might I try to do like G Lock or Carbotech this year, honestly, because those are generally a lot easier to modulate. From what I understand, they actually, the way they actually grip the rotor is a little bit different. I wish that G Lock's website functioned. <laughs> yeah, sometimes <laughs> it does not work. I have tried so many times to like look for a G Lock application catalog, and I cannot find it. Apparently, what I've been told is the best way to deal with G Lock is just, and I know this is hard for millennials, but call them on the phone. It is. The year of our Lord, 2023. I should not have to call anybody. You shouldn't have to, but I am told that the best way to do it is just call them on the phone. They're extremely helpful. I'm going to cry if this requires any more than an email, honestly. Yep. <laughs> All right. I, Wimps. yeah. I Why are they I'll making it harder? Party. Why are they making it harder for me to give them money? I don't know, man. I, that's call them on the phone and ask. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you making this so hard? No, first question. No, thank you. No, I, but uh, apparently they'll give you good deals if you do that. Too. I, this is just what I hear again from ND people and Matt Greenland in particular, who is uh, referred to by a lot of the guys now as G Lock Jesus. <laughs> Because he just preaches the gospel of G-Locks to everybody as the solution. Um, I still haven't gone to them myself, but maybe. Maybe. My concern mostly is that I don't swap rotors at the track, and I don't want to run track pads on the street for how much I drive on the street. And so I want pads that are not going to be weird with like a compound transfer onto the rotors when I switch back and forth. Yeah, so actually- far it's been fine because I run I still run Porter Fields on the street and I'm running the Hawks on track. It hasn't behaved weird yet between those two pad compounds, but I think G locks are like, more more different. A more different S. 
Consummate Vs. Guy wouldn't know majesty if it came up and bit him in the face. You know what else is paint protection for your car? Having brakes. Yeah, yeah, that work. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's I was true. gonna say, especially yeah, check those brake lines. Yeah, that's, that's the other crazy thing now is about the brake line too that I didn't bring up was like the tiny crack. Like, did you see? You see that Instagram reel I posted about the brake line after the fact? I don't think I saw that. Yeah, so so I posted it, and it, it actually has the most likes of any post on my profile. Weirdly enough, embarrassingly enough, but there's that the crack that showed up because usually, like when you see old brake lines, right? You usually see like a couple different cracks, or maybe like it's in the main body of it, you know. This one was like at the. It was actually inside the fitting. Like you, I had to, I had to bend the brake line back a little bit to get the f- crack to show itself. And there was like one tiny crack on the opposite side, the, bre- the line that didn't blow. Like by the crimp. Uh yes. Whoa. Y- yeah, it was actually underneath the metal because I checked it every single time. Like I wasn't just running rubber brake lines because just for the fun of it. Like I actually was like inspecting them every single time. Like they look okay. As soon as I see any sort of cracking, no stainless lines are going on, whether I like it or not. Like they're they were a huge pain. They're super rusty. But that's anyways like. Yeah, they didn't show up super clearly. So yeah, anyways, brakes That's are very wild. poor. Yeah, check your brake lines. Check yeah. your check your bleeder screw fittings if you have Wellwoods. Yeah, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and just and just for scale, mine failed at like it was fifth. So they were fifteen years old, or I guess technically fourteen years old, and yeah, they had something like forty track days. And yeah, so so make sure if you haven't done them by that point, yeah, you definitely definitely do stainless lines just to re- revamp on that. I, I found, speaking of the, the bleeders in the Woolwoods, I found through some Googling a, it's not Loctite, but it's a thread locker compound that's good for 1,200 degrees, allegedly. I need you to send me a link for that, my If guy. you just Google extra high temp thread, thread locker, locker, you'll find it. But it's removable, theoretically. It's I not have, like... It says okay. it's removable. I, Is that like I don't the know. purple or what? Or no, purple's the... Blue. Purple's it's, the real I think light. it's red. I think it's red, but it's not it's by like, Loctite. But like it's by red some high, oh, high temp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Permatex yeah. or somebody. Yeah, it, it was I'm by a looking... brand I had never heard of, but they said it's it's a thread locking compound that's good for like 1200 degrees. And I was like, that sounds like a good application for brake things. Yeah, because I'm looking at your uh, Willwood that I'm holding in my hand and it's got the same dark red colored sealer, but, I'm, but I don't know if it's paste or tape. Because I'm pulling little like shreds of it, just excess. And that's exactly what mine came with. And that's exactly what after heat cycle after heat cycle failed on mine. And then these pedestals started backing out. So I just wonder what this stuff is that they use. And They've what, all and got wrench like on tool mine. marks on them. Like they have been tightened. So yeah. I don't know. And actually just for clarification, you said you wanted to do front brakes specifically because of the brake bias on your car, right? Like brake, is that the issue you're having? Brake bias and serviceability and availability of replacement parts. Oh gotcha. Like the FX sixteen Corolla's like brake calibers. You just like straight up can't buy like brand new ones anymore from aftermarket? Not really. I mean you can kinda get some remand ones from like Rock Auto, but you have to buy like the old Short answer, you can get them, um, but I, I just kind of wanted the Willwoods really bad. That's fair, yeah. yeah it's, you know, the bigger... And I'm, I'm excited to see if I can... Rotors. if they If it changes the bias in such a way that I can start making the rear brakes do things but, well, also. Was it not that they were doing too much? I thought that was well, now they're not, because they haven't yeah. turned all the way down. So uh, if I can start bringing them back in and have... That'll add to the overall braking force of the car. That'd be kind of nice. Does it rotate decently under trail braking? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
You probably don't it feels want a great. whole it, lot more. Like it felt fine before. I just I'm probably messing with something that didn't necessarily need to be messed with, but I just wanted to. I mean, if yeah. those brake pads are more available, they're more available, yeah. honestly. And they're actually cheaper, too. Like, to get the, the Porter Fields that I've been getting was, like, over $200 per set of brake pads. These I can get for, like, a buck sixty or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that, that was true on my car, too. The the If you compare the um the Willwood pad shape uh, that I use to, like, stock ones for the ND. It's cheaper. It's uh, substantially cheaper, I guess, because they're just, like, a simpler shape with a couple of tabs and a hole for a pin. You know, or two holes, and I won't have to constantly be like lubing the slide pins on these every every other event, like I do on my current calipers. Actually, do those even have dust boots? No, nope. yeah, they don't have dust boots at all. No, mine don't either. They they come without them, and honestly, everyone has kind of said like you don't need need them. Yeah, really, unless you're like trying to run Willwoods in a super like salty or sandy on environment. the street. You know, you know, I, found... I run mine on the street. Just not. Well, I mean, I in live... like Chicago or something. Yeah, exactly. I don't live where like salt is too crazy in the winter, and yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of upset that I only found out that it's okay to drive with torn dust boots like last event at Live Rock. Like, I was talking to Matt before the events, and I was like, "Hey, mine have been torn for like three events now because I've been lazy." I'm like, "How long do you usually run yours for?" He's like, "Oh, at least two seasons." And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, I've been replacing them every time they tear, which is like twice a year. I got like titanium brake shims and stuff to slow down the heat transfer, and it's like, yeah, anyway, fun times." Uh. Yeah. They make uh if you daily it though, you don't want water in there. That's that's the bigger thing. Yeah. Honestly. It's like water intrusion will yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, rust Matt, the bores and the pistons. Yeah, Matt Day lead his too, so that's why I was kind of wondering. Like he drives it he drives on his brakes just as hard as I do, and if not harder. Like the and Daly's, you know, takes his kids to school and everything. So I was, you know, his input was valuable. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, what do you mean you do two seasons on them? But it makes sense, I guess. Mine haven't blown yet. Fit people. Yeah, yeah. darn. Do the are you're using Mini Cooper caliber uh, uh rotors? Yeah, ba- they- like tw- 2007 to 2015 base front brake rotors. Are they any like thicker? Like are they, they are, are they almost are- exactly the same thickness. Really? Yeah, but they're larger. They're almost they're, two inches larger than the stock ones, and almost an inch. It's like an inch and a half over stock, for, and an, about an inch over what I currently have. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty like they fit under my wheels but it's it's getting close to the like barrel of the wheel are you running 15s 15 okay have you seen how my wheel woods fit with my street wheels yours are close to the spokes yes yours are really close this mine are not close to they the are spokes. like slip a sheet of paper in between <laughs> never had oh. any issue shout out to koenig wheels yeah right i guess those spokes don't flex very much because they've never touched have you ever like played around on will wood's website to see what service parts are available for yours because they make multi-piece pistons have you seen those they have uh it's like a cast piston with like an aluminum like top like contact surface and it's like 30 percent better heat transfer resistance they're like 50 bucks a pop i hadn't it's pretty cool. Interesting. That's like I think the the regular cast dollars. Those are just cast pistons, and they're like like fifteen bucks or twenty bucks to replace. But the the nice ones are like fifty. But it's cool that they exist. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of rad. Maybe that would stop so much heat from soaking right into here and loosening up the pedestals. Maybe. I don't know. Teflon tape. I will seems send you the link working. to that magic high temp thread locker yeah i'll look into that i mean if the teflon tape ever does cause a problem or fail then uh maybe i'll use that instead it's been been all right so far 
Oh, I do need to uh, that bolt and stack of washers that I used <laughs> yeah. to reinstall my caliper is absolutely still in there. Oh, I, for sure. I do need to get on McMaster and order one that's the proper length. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, five washers seems like a kind of a thick it's a stack. <laughs> it's a party. Five, five washers is a party. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that before Road Atlanta for sure. I might have different suspension by then. Who knows? Oh, I I think I've already talked about potentially potentially. Yeah, I talked on the last one about just taking the Zetas off before there there's too many miles and too many events on them, and selling them on down the river to somebody who can live with. You're gonna go back to the Coney setup for a bit. I'll probably work with Fortune. If I, okay. you know, five times, uh, yeah, that would be the hey. move. They're, that they are, be the they move. do have like a six to seven week lead time, just so you know. That's that's that, okay. That's also shorter than was when I ordered mine. Okay. So, despite all that, despite the fact that they literally were asking me to use them, I think mine was like the turnaround after I put my original, sent them my original sent set back. It was like eight weeks. Yeah, before I got my five tens back. I also personally know like half the people there, so I'm just saying I may be able to work a little bit shorter timeline, but yeah, we'll see. It's definitely in consideration. I want to drive Armand's car because he's got five tens now on his. Yeah, his fit. Oh, never mind. His ND. Oh, that's boring. It is. (laughs) So sorry. I have driven his fit actually. He's the one who said to uh, use the the phrase surprisingly fun. Yeah. Uh, and I it's I agree. It's, there's done no reason those cars should be. He did the AC. Recently. He just fixed the AC. Just replaced a bunch of parts to make the AC work again. The, uh, not he, much. It's got tinted window. I mean, it's a daily. Oh, for so him. it's not like there's no suspension on it or anything. No. Okay. I tried to convince him to cut his springs, but he wouldn't do it. Jabay liked it. Jabay liked it for Road America. He, he thought it was shockingly good. Yeah, as I say, Jabay cut the springs on a second gen fit and With did like it conies or something. No, he didn't even have conies. He had OEM shocks. Was it? Yep. He <laughs> just casually took it on track. He's like, yo, that's the best that fits handle. I think he put coilers on it. He said it handles worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, but yeah, like Armand's, yeah, Armand messaged me about the, uh, about his ACs. Like, oh yeah, what about the expansion valve? I'm like, I, I got one gist of it from, I, I can't remember who messaged me about it on Instagram. I'm sorry if you're listening, but the, yeah, about the expansion valve. I know one guy that did. He's like, yeah, it seems to have made a difference. He's like, but here's everything I had to do. I'm like, well, I'm never doing that. <laughs> the the fit has the fit's AC is it's okay enough, I guess, without having tint. That's that is the worst thing about our. We have a third gen six speed fit, and it has probably the worst AC. Apparently, of any they car all have terrible AC. It's Mike Jensen, god awful. Mike Jensen has a second gen now as his daily and he was like at the ac is like an asthmatic blowing through it's, a straw it's so loud like the air flowing through the vents is deafening but there's not that much air coming out and it's not very cold yeah it 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 does its best i just, I just think it's funny when it like the temperature like noticeably drops as you're like going through shaded areas they yeah. just like undersize the compressor I to think... not put like st- rob too much horsepower I from the engine the dash is so deep that the sun heats up the dash and all of the piping and everything under it. And it like, it doesn't matter how cold the compressor gets it. It's just by the time it gets to you, it's hot again. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. That the, could be. Yeah. Like if you get the, in the there windows. and wrap the pipes in some insulation, maybe. Yeah. Like, 
Like it's it, terrible. It's a combination of the windows, and also when I did change my AC compressor, I used a I used one from Advance. I can't remember for the life of me what the brand was. Whatever the Advance Auto brand is, um, it actually worked a little better. It's a it's a different compressor design than what is on the Fit originally, I believe. Mm. At least for the first gen. So it actually did make a small difference, but yeah, it's yeah. mostly the windows. Tint helps a lot. Yeah, yeah, they do have made a, a lot difference. of glass. Made a big like the car is like fifty percent glass. Yeah, the windshield is is yeah. unnecessarily long. It's huge. Ceramic window tint, y'all. And still can't yeah. see red lights when you pull up too close to them. It's yeah. pretty impressive. <laughs> well, you're also like what six foot eighty seven. Six foot, six foot 87 is that a close is that, is that yeah, a close? six is that foot seven foot eight foot ross yeah something like that six, six foot one ish <laughs> okay over there jordan I'm sorry that was that, really good that was really funny uh, <laughs> that, was, that was subtle i liked it that was good thank you um yeah ross and i got black flagged uh the reason i'm joking about his height is that my passenger seat in the nd is still at the stock height which like the seats are kind of high up in that car Facts. just a factory um and the driver's seat i've had on some form of lowering bracket or another uh and i took ross with me last year at new jersey for a ride along and he was genuinely like an inch and a half above the roll bar oh yeah bro you were easily because the roll bar is lower than the windshield frame and i'm pretty sure your helmet was like even with the windshield frame which oh, is fine he was uh, soaring with the eagles up there and uh <laughs> they they let us get about three laps actually which it should it was i'm sure plain as day to the first flag stand that we went by they let us get about three laps in and then they black flagged me and they're like hey man he's too tall i was doing i was doing the seatbelt when i saw the black flag i was like Yo, i'm like yeah. oh god i'm ready i'm like steve i'm gonna give you the rest of your track time literally just pull me over i'm opening the door bailing you don't even have to stop it's pretty roll, much what, just roll pretty much what happened yeah like we we knew exactly what it was because they held up the little board with my car number on it just to make sure that i new it's like yeah yeah if you want to talk about like trusting the driver that you're riding along with i trusted steve fully to not roll his nd <laughs> at new jersey thanks bud oh, yeah no. see, that, that's what that's what i think of steve so yeah I'll take but yeah like that's honestly the thing i'm looking more forward to is like being able to take passengers and that sort of thing again like especially like going back to like the instructor thing like riding along as a passenger i think will I think will be cool. Like even if it's a driver I've never met yet, like modern safety features are pretty good. If a guy shows up in his CRX, and like I can very clearly see without even betting onto the car that probably half the frame is rusted. I might reconsider, but hopefully, uh, hopefully tech inspectors kind of weed that out. Yeah, one would hope. Right. Do, what What does the the path to becoming an instructor look like? I'll admit I've never really looked into it that much. What What do you have to do? So for NASA, I. To the best of my knowledge, I think there's only a clinic. Is um, it like a once a year? Event? Yeah, I think I think it's only once a year. Um, so it I think it's usually in March or April. This, last year it was right at the same time as Carolina, or sorry, this year is right at the same time as Carolina Motorsports Park, the first Grid Life event. So I wasn't able to go, but yeah, this year I tend to do that. It's like right at the start of the season. Um, and where, then, where is that usually? Oh, I think it was at Summit. I want okay. I want to say it was. I'm pretty sure it was Summit Point. They might. I think for I, NASA Mid Atlantic. Yeah, and I think SCCA actually did one at you know what they actually did one at Dominion. I don't know that they did it recently, but I remember um the first year where I met you, like in twenty nineteen. Um they there was one event we showed up to and it was actually an SCCA instructor clinic. Um and they do and, and Dominion has some pretty nice facilities for it. Like that center building, if nothing else around the track, that center building's pretty darn nice. It is actually. Yeah. yeah. So And the track has gotten at least 
they, they paved the bump under the oh bridge. yeah that's right yeah they Which, did do that so it's actually it's it's fun to drive i i still like dominion quite a bit yeah i like dominion too as long as i'm not suffering like as long as i'm not in as long as i don't have to worry too hard about whether or not my car is actually going to get close to that barrier it's fine mostly but yeah the like there's an instructor clinic for nasa scca also i think does one which i plan on doing when i find out when the heck it is um grid life grid life just has like a small screening process like you don't really have to do like a clinic to the best of my knowledge well they they bring in bring in instructors from a bunch of other organizations so i would assume if you have a, a an instructor certification from another sanctioning body they'll they'll probably you know it is what it is right yeah and jamay mentioned it to me like on an instagram comment too he's like hey we need instructors still you know if you if you want to do grid life you can it's just like you know to do to do grid life events i would effectively have to fly out if i don't want to use vacation days um and even for most of them Actually, yeah, yeah, because they're only on Sundays, so I'd probably have to fly out for a lot of them, um, which is unrealistic, except for New Jersey if they do it again. So, yeah, if they do it again, I hope they do. Well, I mean, it's it's just because the turnout they get is like relatively that, low. Yeah, it's like it's not the lowest I've seen. Like you, like pit race last year was super super small. But like, yeah, usually that the was East, kind of a last minute thing. Too. It was, yes, which so it's kind of an unfair comparison. But like New Jersey compared to like stuff like Mid Ohio, even Autobahn Country Club, which which is still like a popular track, but it's not one people sign up for grid life for. Um, there's a bunch of tracks in the Midwest that just get way more attention, even as club circuits compared to New Jersey. It's um, a shame. I love New Jersey. It's great. I love it when I'm not baking. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. The, the, this year wasn't too, too bad. Yeah. And the facilities are super nice. They're like literally everything I love about New Jersey, New Motorsports Park, except for the New Jersey part of New Jersey Motorsports Facts. Park. Yeah, actually. Like literally if it was in New York or Pennsylvania or like, Shoot, it could be even further away. It could be in literally any of the other states that are considered New England. But yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll, I might reconsider if they get rid of the the you know having to get a full tank every time you go to a gas station. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you have to get a full tank? They they oh I didn't tell you about that. No. So okay. So the so what happened last year was that so a guy a guy on his GK he broke uh, uh Bill he broke his uh we thought he broke his shocks like. Like the the mount was like totally looked like it was totally messed up. Or like, okay, let's go get you a new one. Left the track, and I was like, oh, I'm alone on fuel because it's just how time attack works. You minimize your fuel to minimize the weight. I show up to get gas. I'm like, okay, it's this this many miles. If I get a half tank, I should be a quarter tank by the time we get back. I show up at the gas station with my credit card. I'm like, yeah, I just need ha- like just give me six gallons of 87. Guy says I can only do full tank. Fuck New Jersey. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but yes. <laughs> It's so I, I from what I understand, like a lot of smaller stations and, and for the record, there's also the pump at the track too, right? Which I utilize all the time because you know it's just one of the costs of racing. I'd, I'd rather not drive 20 minutes to a gas pump. Um, but the, the pump at the station, you can do parcel tanks, obviously, like it's the racetrack. And from what I understand, some of the smaller ones can do it too, but not uh, yeah, apparently not Wawa. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, Steve but yeah. came back with DOS boot. <laughs> But yeah, like for any oh, that is a boot. Yeah, if any if anybody uh if anybody gets is actually close to New Jersey Motorsports Park though, and you haven't driven it, like uh Thunderbolt is actually really really fun. Whether you have a slow car or a oh, fast it's car, so good. Yeah, I've heard, yeah, I've heard some people don't really like Lightning and faster cars because it's 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 kind of uneventful compared to Thunderbolt. But Thunderbolt has a lot of like higher commitment corners. I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I would say honestly, it's, it's between currently my favorite track. It's between Road Atlanta and Thunderbolt for me. Yeah. Uh, really i I love vir like vir is like still like my apex track i think but it's i think new jersey is more fun in my car yeah 
Yeah, that's really what it is. Like, I feel like it's a gift to have such a world-renowned track as VIR as close to home as I do. Like, I, I'm almost spoiled to the point that I maybe I don't appreciate it enough. But it, it does have a lot to do with how it serves my type of car and my type of driving. And lower-powered cars, it's just more fun to run on a slightly smaller, more momentum-based, more technical type of and- track. New Jersey Thunderbolt is like that sweet spot, especially for like our power level cars where those faster corners are like right at the ragged edge of full send where it's like if you fully commit, you can go through all those turns flat out. No, I think for that's Ross, true. they just are. They just are. They are. So to be fair, like if, yeah, so like turn three, for instance, turn three is easy flat out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Turn, oh shoot, what corner is it? Is it turn six? The, there's, there's the another right hander, right? Uh, right after like the tight hairpin yeah, or whatever yeah. yeah so like that one should i think that one can be flat out in the right conditions it's just that usually in the middle of august when it's like you know 110 degree degrees. track temp yeah, yeah. forget it uh, well and it's very flat camber and if you look at the track map it's more than 90 degrees it is. or if you really? go out there and it walk is. the track it, it, when you drive it you think oh this is a 90 degree right it's hand not. It's, it's like tighter. 100 it's tighter than 90 and that's part of it you have to be really patient and apex it late i think i continuously like i was watching some footage uh yesterday and i think i continuously turn in just like a hair like where the where the turn in cone is at the end of that curbing on the left i think you got to just wait like a beat past that before you turn in for it yeah Yeah. um yeah and i tend to i lift to like 70 60 percent throttle to turn in there and get the car turned in and then plant the power again before the apex yeah like and that's the thing too that's what i was kind of getting at too is like i do a tiny lift even though in a subtle course so i can technically take it flat like when i take when i try it in a racing sim i'm like yeah this is a pretty comfortable flat out corner and then i try to real life i'm like uh that that dirt is really menacing looking <laughs> especially since like i actually damaged my car last year in new jersey without even touching a wall and that inside curb there is very friendly you can climb way yeah. up on that yeah one. yeah it's, it's, it is deceptively friendly the weird, the weirder part of New Jersey to me, though, most like, of the curbs there honestly are. are like friendly, like yeah. don't upset. The so, car. Some of them, some of them will actually make you. Some of them do definitely make you slower, though. That's a thing. But yeah, you're right that they're at least friendly. So if you want to like start use that as like a starting point, like it's not like it's gonna catapult yeah. your car off the track. It's not yeah. Dominion where they're using sausage curbs. Exactly. Everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Except you for, can, like two turns. You can put all four tires over the curb in turn twelve. And just like shorten the distance because that's such a flat out turn anyway. Yeah. And that I was watching your is... lap there specifically, and I was like, "Holy crap!" He cuts all that distance. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Just yeah. go right over it, man. If you can stick through there at, at full speed, why make it a longer distance? Yeah. That's a, there's no reason. That's actually like the crazy, the more interesting thing about New Jersey Motorsports Park as well. In my mind, is like how Sector Three is literally just like there's so much. It's a it's a lesson and not adding distance to your lap. Which is something I How didn't... far back does Sector 3 go? To the uh, octopus? It's, it's, it's like... Yeah, I think it's like right before the octopus. I think just octopus is technically where it starts. But like what, like five, six, seven, eight, no, nine? No, or? it's like a... So it's, it's like, like a, a sharp right into the octopus is probably like the line that starts yeah. Sector 3. And, it's, and there's a two... Oh, yeah. Nine, nine through the start finish. Yeah. And there's okay. like... There's those two corners... There's those two corners before octopus as well, right? So like that whole thing... Like seven, eight down yeah. by the condos one big turn yeah but, it's like, but it like opens up yeah it's like because even even those first two corners right they're like the double apex right-hander like it's not fastest in the fit in a seto i was never able to make going all the way outside work no matter how much speed i carried or anything it just didn't work for my car 
um and like octopus is kind of the same way like octopus people are like oh i want to stay wide stay wide and it's like no it's not the thing you actually Cut distance yeah right and your fx16 is probably you like shoot your nds probably the same way too yeah. but the fx16 especially like you literally just stay flat out and hug the inside and then you don't you don't stop turning the wheel until you break and then you and then when you're done breaking you trail break in yeah yeah and then the corner after that um the tight the you know circular left hander the semicircle it's like you know, you, you kind of double apex it ideally, but like you're hugging the inside again to cut distance as opposed and just kind of diving straight towards the apex almost. Yeah, I, I, I found last time there that I was cutting in a little too early. Yeah. Like I was, I'd get the car because between nine and 10, which nine is that real sharp right, and then 10 is the octopus, um, I would track out about half like mid track and just like lift a bit to get the car to transition from right to left and then immediately cut in to the inside but at least the way the track conditions were this year i found i kept having to modulate the throttle so much through I could 10 not stay flat through the through octopus or even losing grip even maintain like not even flat to the floor but just like maintenance throttle i was having to like modulate to stay stuck to the inside curb and then you hit the magic darker patch yep. that's like a thousand uh, times grippier than the rest and of it. yeah just plant it and fly out of the end but what i found was i actually had felt like the car was more stuck more composed and i could stay on the throttle when i turned i made my turn in gradual instead of just getting right into the inside curb and then riding it all the way i would kind of wind it down into the inside curb like a third of the way into the corner yeah. and then stay stuck to it to the exit and that almost felt just better. less steering input just like try to maintain one as much as you can one ish radius through there yeah just like a slow kind of like i say wind it down in which is something that that people talked about a lot at roebling uh when i went there in the classroom and that's an amazing track for learning that i was gonna say that's a really good comparison because everything there is a basically constant radius turn yeah almost almost exactly there's there's like two places on track where it's two slightly different uh radius arcs connected together but that is how that track was built it was actually a practice project uh during the interstate highway building program where this guy basically paid the workers who were going to go build the interstate highways to come build him a racetrack just to practice like okay come survey this land and then make a turn that is 107 degrees like arc degrees around with a radius of you know 162 feet and make it like a perfect and so every turn there they have a diagram up on the wall in the classroom of like you know the, the measurement measurements and the radius <laughs> and the distance and everything for each and every turn there um but all of that to say what that track teaches you is patience to bring your line from like two-thirds track out all the way down to a very late apex with one consistent steering angle and just using the throttle to like modulate your way and and that patience so wait 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 and apex late so that you can actually throttle earlier like you can be flat on the floor before you apex which then gives you that speed to carry and track out of the turn and i it for a track that looks super boring when you just look at a map of it it's actually fantastic for like some fundamentals like working fundamentals of of that's, how to take sweeping turns 
That's kind of what I also imagine NC car would be like. I still haven't made it out there, but I'd really like to do that. It's too. got a few turns that, that really look like that. All too, of yeah. them are constant radius yeah. basically. That's exactly what I was going to say. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. A Roebling looks uh, even more plain because it's basically just like five a, turns, a right and then a left and then a right and then a left and then a right and then a right. And, and you're done. <laughs> and so it's like, kind of just looks back and forth. Um, but it's it's good, and then there's like slight camber differences from turn to turn too. So you get that, you know, like oh, this one's very flat camber, and I see what that does to the grip I have. And this one's a little bit on camber, and I can really commit more. And this one, if you get outside of the line, like I think it's uh, turn seven eight is like a big loop around, uh, and that one is on camber. Like the the road surface is crowned really heavily, and so it's on camber on the inside half, and it's substantially off camber on the outer it's half. Kind of how turn two at Dominion is, and if you get out there, like it just wants to spit you out to the outside of the track, and so it really again like the discipline of setting up the turn properly, well before the apex, well before the exit, like makes all the difference in the world as far as what it does to you as you you know come around. Yeah. Cool track, but another one that's like real far to drive to. Cheap though. Yeah. Cheap. It's like three hundred bucks. Like for Summit. O- a <laughs> yeah. NASA weekend. I'll say Summit or Dominion. Yeah. yeah. The uh... I, I dude Summit like the 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 prices are so cheap and the they're so just chill about so much. Like you go to VIR and it's like, oh, do you have your license for your pit scooter? Do you you know you got to pay for your camping and all this and that? And it's like it's Summit. It's just like welcome. Yeah glad you're here electricity is like 15 bucks for the weekend <laughs> or something great. you could just like go up to I the front it. gate and be like oh hey i'm sorry i am gonna want power at my camp i did this once at like 11 at night somebody's night, up there friday night that i got there and i went up and i was like hey actually it's it's gonna be cold i got a space heater i want to run whatever and the guy was like oh yeah i'll be right down there just hops in the truck and drives down unlocks the padlock and i just like paid him on on his phone with apple pay or what like they were nice. just ready to just easy it's such a I great do. and chill J- place. john felton is great i don't know if he listens or not shout out to you john if you do but um does he no but oh. speaking of people who listen to this podcast <laughs> I, uh paul quick, in- shout, shout out, out to, to paul inskeep shout oh. out to paul inskeep he hey, listens paul. to the paul to the, to oh. the podcast that's, that's exciting awesome. he did my roll bar great job yes yeah. yeah paul's paul's a good fabricator he's not doing roll bars anymore from what i hear for i would pay him to do the rest to finish of my the cage, cage. <laughs> if you sweet talk him enough here on the podcast if we I just th- talk about what a great guy he is just really pump him up paul i i think he moved and doesn't have that equipment anymore oh, is my understanding fair. i could be wrong on that but yeah if, if if hey if paul if you're listening and you feel like doing the rest of my cage <laughs> jordan's hit really me up on instagram okay, i got measuring tape and angle grinder some jb world we'll make it happen awesome <laughs> What's that look for? <laughs> I had How to burn, dare you, but sir? also, as a man who's been through WyoTech's chassis fab program, <laughs> that did hurt me just a little bit. <laughs> Erica, actually, Erica, my wife, came into the room this morning and showed me a picture from Reddit, I think, and she's like, like it, it basically explained the the deeper meaning of this to me, and it said it. The caption was just like when you cut your roll cage apart and find this with like oh, the oh, wide, yeah. with about. the wide-eyed face and they had have you I seen see, this Corey? Yeah. okay they had 
cut notches into the main hoop to achieve the bend. And then when they put the harness bar in, they didn't even weld those notches. They just covered it with the harness bar and then welded that. Yeah, they're like yeah. slices out of it underneath the attachment of like, the other bar. Like they didn't have a tubing bender, and so they just notched it so they could bend oh, I under- it. Oh, I understand. <laughs> oh, no. I've done that on exhaust before, and it came apart. That sounds yeah. awful. <laughs> so think about I that. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, and I explained it to her. She was like, uh, oh. I said, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not good. And the crazy part is because it's hidden underneath that attachment, it would pass tech because you can't see it. Yeah, right. and like if you bought the car that way, you'd be like, oh, the welds look good. There's full penetration. There's, I don't know. It feels awful. I, the, now I'm going to be on the lookout for tubing that looks like it hasn't been bent by a tubing bender. Like if it looks like it's just been bent by potentially notching and ronking on it. Ronking on it. Is that the tactical term? That has a silent W at the beginning if you're trying to spell it at mm. home. That's w- why it's W-R-O-N. tech for like uh, dirt circle track and stuff like that. They they like ultrasound your, your roll cage mm. at the bend mm. points. I, so um, NHRA, before. NHRA requires, I know, inspection holes to check um, mm. uh, tubing uh, yeah. thickness, wall thickness. Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. have to drill a, an inspection hole so that they can stick a little caliper in there pretty much and measure and make sure that it's... Interesting. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that's that's why because spec for a lot of that is a a one eighteen wall thickness. Everybody uses one twenty wall pipe, or because if you bend it on the outside radius of the bend, it will stretch it down thins. to that mm. that that one eighteen wall or whatever whatever it is. Yeah, you know? like minimum. Yeah, thickness. I think mine's NASA and Grid Life both have the same uh, cage rules for like type of tubing per weight weight of car and it, i think mine's one and three quarters by 0.095 yeah it's uh typically it's either inch and three quarter by 095 or inch and five eighth by 120 yeah so if you go a slight uh, smaller tubing yeah, diameter sure. you need the you need thicker the wall. wall at least it was when i went through wyotech in 2000 it turns out steel hasn't changed much. Computer <laughs> physics, for that matter, yeah. Yeah, it's true. They haven't pushed out the new update yet. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, update the physics engine? What? These, uh, you know, these tire physics feel way too inaccurate compared to a set of course. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Ross, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, Rossum.sauce on Instagram or Rossumsauce on YouTube. Uh for yeah. great videos of Honda Fit content being fully sent. Yep, and if you have any questions or whatever, uh, direct message inbox is always open. So I answer questions all the time when I'm on the train. Just shoot them to me, and I will answer them in great detail, probably more than you actually need, but that's okay. <laughs> Info dumps are fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, as always, I am at I am understeer. Uh, my project car is at Marta SW20 on Instagram. Jordan. Uh, I'm The Daily Downshift on Instagram, YouTube, uh, thedailydownshift.blogspot.com for more in-depth write-up type things for Corolla build stuff. Um, Beerandbackfire.com has links to pretty much all that stuff uh, for me, Steve, Corey. I think Pierce is on there too. Um, But yeah, that's all we got. Thanks, Ross. Yeah, thanks for being here, man. This was great. Thank you. Have a good night, everybody.